Hey and welcome to the second episode of Judo Talk. The question we're going to be looking at today is should you be able to get a black belt in judo without competing? Judo Talk And welcome to Judo Talk. Thanks, guys, uh, who's downloaded the first episode with Darren. It was really, really good fun doing that episode, and you know, one that's going to be difficult to live up to from uh, from now on. But yeah, no, really good podcast. I think I want to thank Darren again. He done a great job and really passed on some great information. This week we're slightly different. We're going to look at uh, specifically. Should you be able to get your black belt if you've not competed for it? And if you've not competed for it, should you be do more? Is it still as valuable? Um, and I know this is something that I spoke about before with other coaches, and I know it's commented on on forums and stuff like that. So I wanted to speak to somebody who's gone through the process and give her opinion on the process of getting a black belt and you guys can form your own opinions on it um try and listen her story is really really interesting and quite unique i think for for a judo person um starting judo later on in life and and yeah let, let's get straight into it hey guys welcome to the second episode of judo talk and today's a little bit different especially from the first episode today i am talking to becky linden uh, say hello Beck. hello <laughs> now becky isn't an elite judo coach becky is a first dan she's a level one judo coach but i think for this podcast where I think it's really important that we talk about all aspects of judo and I think Becky's story coming into judo her life experiences coming into judo are really important I think um I think it's a really good uh, second episode a really strong second episode so uh Beck let's quickly jump in I think it's important for people to realize what age did you actually start judo uh well I think I my first moment that I was exposed to judo was when I was about 40 and I was a fitness instructor at a leisure center and my boss was I think he was a second queue and he was wanting to do sort of some instructor bonding situation which I was uh, yeah I was on board for you know and, and we all got together in some it was a squash court and started doing a little bit of judo and the moment that someone put me in a keza and I couldn't get out I was infuriated and the moment I was allowed to put someone in a keza and they couldn't get out I'm like this is great I definitely <laughs> want to know more about this definitely um and and so we did little tiny bits and pieces with a wizened old uh guy J J Scottish guy named oh god Jim we Jim and I couldn't understand a word that we Jim said and I didn't really know what he meant but it was it was fascinating um unfortunately that was kind of short-lived um for all sorts of reasons uh and then I came back to it when I moved out to Camberley uh I suppose at about the age of 49 or 50. Um, starting at 49 50 was there you know was you self-conscious stepping into a judo club what was your first 
first sort of uh, experience of stepping into, especially like a club like Cambly that's got <laughs> such a quite quite a big history of elite judo. How was it for you? Well, it was back back in the olden days. Um, there there was no recreational situation there at all. So this old bird, this this novice old bird essentially walked into a Tuesday or Thursday night um, and Carly was there and Luke had sort of said to Carly, keep an eye on her, you know, and, and Mark had done a lot of the stuff. I was terrified. So I, I, you know, hobbled along with, I couldn't find my, you know, my trousers for my kid. I only had some ratty old uh, gi that was about 20,000, well, about 10 years old that I did still have and uh, and hobbled on to this session. And of course there's people everywhere. And I was just like, oh my days, what are you doing, Becky? But still is thrilled, even just watching, thrilled the minute I came in. It's, it's, it's such a, it was such a visceral feeling for me that I try to describe it to people. And I, I don't know if, if people that don't do judo can get it, but I certainly, call on all of my words to try to give them that experience for me yeah I suppose it's a really strange one for me as well because the fact that you're still involved with judo with that being your first experience I think says quite a lot about you because for those who don't know it um Cambly's an elite training center and at the time of when Becky would have stepped on the mat there would have been people training for like world championships uh, you know Olympic games there would have been a lot of people on the mat training really hard and as Becky said there's no (laughs) there's just no no like recreational there was no allowance for you really apart from let's look out for you so (laughs) what did make you stick around oh uh, every every week that I walked to the club I would have this sort of like I would have this psyching up thing like you're gonna it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay you're not gonna die it's gonna be great it'll be fine and and I was just so I was just so fascinated but honestly for me it was magnetic I didn't I didn't want to not go although being equally as terrified of what I what I mean I'm 50 years old what on earth <laughs> am I doing is essentially what I was asking myself every minute of every day but I just wanted to know more I wanted to know more I you know I mean my my history is has I've been a very very overweight woman in my time and I and I mean you know 21 stoneish overweight and that I'm in a different place in my life now where I'm still a bit lardy, but you know, I'm, I'm sort of about half of that size now. And I'd never done a sport. I wasn't that kind of kid. I was the fat kid. Um, and, and this was almost like a, a, a reason why have I done all this fitness? Cause somebody once asked me, Oh, what are you training for? And I'm, and I didn't actually have an answer. It's not that you have to have an answer, but I sort of just said, for, for health and fitness, you know, which is a fine answer. But it kind of, at that time, and this was probably before I did judo at all, so that had always been something that had been whirling around going, all right, well, is there something I can, something else I can do this for? And like I said, the, the, the moment I was introduced to judo, which of course is insane because, I mean, my very good friend of me, my, my friend that introduced me to judo did say to me at some point, there's a lot easier ways to keep healthy and fit other than doing judo back and I'm like yes yes I know that but I'm 
not interested in any of those other ways. There's, there was no other sport. You give me a racket. I'd rather beat you to death with it than, than try to play with it. You know, don't throw a ball to me because I just I'm not going to be able to do anything with it. And but this this spoke to me. So it's kind of weird. But there you go. Not everyone around me understood this. I suppose um, you said you were uncoordinated and, you know, not necessarily sporty and how judo seems like quite a strange sport to me because judo relies on a lot of physical skills. You know, it's, it is a hard skill, hard sport to learn. And I guess, you know, what, how did you find that at the beginning? How did you find, you know, you've, you've walked into a club that's a really high level and you're going to have to test your skills. Did they look after you? What, what was it like? That first of all, I, I consider myself, I've always called myself choreographically challenged. So that really doesn't fit in the idea of judo at all. So essentially, it's a struggle for me all the time. Goodness knows you've witnessed me from a distance going, God, it's really hard, isn't it? You know, that, that remembering things and stuff like that. Everyone at the club was so good to me, um, patient and encouraging. And it really is, you know, kind of a bit sappy and humbling, to be honest. Um, and, and I sort of, you know, being an old bird, I had to come and go a little bit with a little bit of an overuse injury and this, but, but I was always wanting to get back. And I always wanted people to know I wanted to come back, you know, sort of not to hold a place for me, but just like, I will be back again. You haven't, you haven't scared me off yet. Even if you wish you did, you haven't scared me off yet because I'm sure anybody that would see me come into a session would go, Oh God, oh, that makes it interesting. Doesn't it? Um, it wasn't that. When did Vince, when did you take over the recreational or start the recreational? Start, yeah. We started the recreational session. I want to say. 2000. That, maybe 10 11 was it that 10, sounds 10, that 10, sounds about right 11, yeah because uh, it was like before the olympics and i think i'd probably started uh just the end of 2009 and and then really it wasn't that long after that oh, i remember mark doing a couple of recreational things and i'm like oh god this is this is this is a, you know it was hard for me all this stuff because you know how you know what it's like when you when you start to teach normal people it's it it's a very different coaching experience isn't it and um and I, I flatter myself that you found some interesting things about you know teaching us normal people um when I started uh I, and I was the only woman for years and years and I'm like yep there's the old girl just rocking up again there she is again the old bird there she is again um but you know if I if I had a a superhero name my superhero name is keep turning up girl because because that is all I've got you know I don't have any other skills that are coming with me I don't have the coordination I don't have the memory I don't have the speed I don't have any of those things but I'm like but god damn it I will keep turning up and no matter what um so I think that's probably the skill that's taken me through I think you know that is a really really important thing to say because in judo there aren't any shortcuts and i i remember when we when um we started that class at cambly and 
well, it, say it was 2010, I would have been... Three, you know, four years old. Yeah, I would have been about 22. And I remember starting that class, I I was in a different place. I didn't particularly have any empathy for other people's learning. I know. It was, like, it, it was a really strange thing. And I, I, I think that was the start of me developing into a coach, watching and trying to help, not just you, but, you know, beginners because it wasn't something I was used to and it is it is a different skill set and like watching and I was looking at some of the stuff not just from you I was just thinking well why don't people understand judo the same way as I do and it, it was really really an important part of my journey and I think um turning up every single day is really important whether you are coaching or whether you're doing judo I think you don't necessarily have to be the best person on the mat or but actually just stay in there. You will start to pick up the skills, being around the people. And um, yeah, as I said, I think it was very insightful watching your development. Like I remember you going for like your yellow belt, which was, you know, which was an experience, you know, but a really important one. And you don't get to your black belt through, unless you go through the belts, you know, unless you keep on turning up and unless, and I think as well, it, watching your development changed my opinion on the grading system as well so I think it's much probably where you got your first down through the technical syllabus didn't you yeah okay and I think at 22 I, I can't remember when British Judo brought in the um, technical downgrade when it was brought in I thought this is ridiculous I thought it was the the silliest thing in the world you know because judo one of the the good things about judo in in from my perspective, compared to other martial arts, is that it was a physical sport. It was, you could test it. You could do the round door. You could try it really hard. And to go through your belts, you had to fight for that. And to become a black belt, you were set in a level. But I was saying that as a, you know, I had got my black belt at 16, starting from fighting from five years old. And it was a really nice evolution for me watching you go, go through that process because, well, I let you talk about the process, but for me, it was just seeing the determination, the turning up, the developing of the skills. And from first cue to first Dan, you still had to wait five years plus do all the skills. Um, and I think that really opened my eyes to, to coaching. So I guess let, let's go into a little bit about, you know, your first grade and what did you feel like and then work your way through towards your black belt, if you don't mind. Uh, happily. I will never forget getting my red belt. I had absolutely no intention of ever grading. I, I couldn't imagine myself, you know, the choreographically challenged old bird, even putting myself in a situation where I was being scrutinized because for me, just turning up was so hard. Um, but you had almost steamrolled a whole bunch of people do I'm like uh, okay okay that's fine you know and let's be honest if I can get through what Hajimi means and a few other you know what's a Zori and what's this that if I can squeeze through that you know I'm like I got my first grading and 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 I was you know sort of like yes red belt today the world's domination tomorrow but I didn't mean that at all those were only words i I but I was chuffed really really chuffed and I and I didn't know where I was going to go with it. I'm like I think I'll wear this red belt forever I think that's the one I'm going to wear isn't it pretty it looks great on me um 
but because your class continued to evolve, uh, I did kind of just get dragged along with it, um, which was fine. Again, still the old woman, still the only woman for ages and ages. And, you know, doing my best to just do not die, you know, uh, of, of anything while I was on the mat. And, um, and I think it was probably around maybe orange belty time that uh, finally we saw a couple of other women coming on the, the mat. And that was quite a long way into it. I mean, I'd have to check my dates uh, for how long I'd been a girl that turned up. Um, so it was a joy to have some other women, not just for, um, you know, just for enjoyment and the community value of it, because I really felt it gave something that, that we could start to build on. Um, but also not to be, you know, because you could I could see in in a lot of the guys eyes, you know, I don't. I don't want them to kill me. And because we're all novices, we're all pretty stupid, really. And you know what I mean? That, that novices present the biggest threat to each other, uh, you know, than, than anybody who's at a high level who can, or higher level that can take care of, you know, idiots like me. Um, but progressing through and, and, you know, working alongside, I don't, do you remember the, uh, the, 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 second cue collective there was me and three other people who were going to do this at the same time with our blue and you had failed us several times actually the collective that doesn't sound like yeah the collective failed good we like we failed as a group we just have to try again um and that was fine um and moving along you know just learning and keeping turning up but but there was also this fantastic building community for me I mean as you know I moved out to Camberley knowing absolutely no one because I worked out here but but I didn't know anybody um and that the 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 family of Camberley really was something that appealed to me and something that I, I wanted to tag along with, you know, early on, even though I felt like a weirdo, you know, I'm like old person weirdo. Um, but but it was it was very uh, magnetic in that respect. And I think um, actually community is undervalued and not actually talked about enough in judo from every level. Um, you know, especially working with the juniors, I always say uh, when they're sort of getting to 16, 17, you know, continue, get your black belts and stick with your judo because when you go to university you've at least got a way of introducing yourself you can go to the judo club and if there's not a judo club you can work on setting one up um and i know when sam and i have gone off traveling around the world we've been lucky enough to stay with judo people all over the world you know so i think whether you elite or beginner i think community is so so important mm. in in that judo journey and the people that I continue to know and continue to meet new people through, through the judo club is, is immense. I mean, it's, it's a huge part of my life now that certainly, you know, 10 years ago, I would never have foreseen that being such a pivotal part of my life. Um, and it's, it's fun. You know, that it's a fun group. You guys are great. 
we should we have such a good time you know while somebody's mm. trying to strangle you you can still have fun you know i mean that's the most that's one of the funniest things you can say to people that don't understand you know you know you, you say to them but we have fun strangling each other i promise you we really really do um <laughs> you know and it's the idea that you can encourage someone who's actually strangling you to put that strangle on better while you're being strangled. I'm like, cause that's what you do for family here. You know, that's how you teach mm. each other. And, and I think that when you talk about judo with non-judo people getting, setting a scene like that, at least gets their attention. And uh, I, I love to talk about judo with people all the time, um, simply to either catch them off guard or just to make them think about it, sort of just to promote the sport uh, in general. And, you know, because you don't, fair enough, you don't see many million year old women talking about still doing judo, you know, and, and so that makes it a little bit odd. And at least that gets their their attention a little bit. Mm. And I suppose going back to your, I want to go back to your being a first cue. So I know you worked really hard. How long, do you know how long it took from you starting at 49 to getting your first cue? Do you know how long oh, that was? Oh, well, I just have to do the maths, really, don't I? <laughs> um, I suppose that was, I must have been about 55 when when 55. I got my first cue, because, you know, no, 54, 55, yeah, something like that. And um and I don't, you know, it, it, it's it's been an interesting road. The, the technical first stand is a tough one because, you know, you and I have spoken before about, uh, you know, first stand fraud. Um, I, I can feel I, I wished I wanted to do this, you know, competitively. I sure I'd love it. And you did, though, didn't you? You went you went to grade. Sure, you, I went to you grade. Actually... Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but and you, and you fought. Yes, yes. Um, obviously, there aren't that many women at the first stand gradings that I've gone to. Certainly, nobody who I would think of as a peer. Um, I was mm. never really able to to you know have a like with like, but that's judo. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, obviously, being an old bird, uh, I did get whacked around a bit, and you take that one on the chin. But it wasn't yeah, but as you easy. said, you know, you you said you it wasn't that you were turning up and fighting other women that were sort of 55 years old, the same experience as you. You were fighting a lot younger people, weren't you? That's one way of putting it. Yes. They were children who were really, really fast. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, it is quite. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, that because that's, you know, that when we think about the technical grade inside as well, like as a coach, how, if you talk to any coach who deals with younger children, you know, at the lower levels and there's big, big things about making sure that they're in the right age categories, right weight categories. And then all of a sudden when it gets to black belt, it's once you're over 16, you fight whoever, <laughs> you know, and it, it, there's, there's no real discrimination there. And I suppose people could say, well, you could have entered uh, master's judo tournaments, but you don't know whether you would have had anybody in those either. I, I, I did one of those. I, I went to High Wycombe, I think I was maybe orange and I had worked really hard. I'd done, you know, lots of, uh, lots of personal training to try to, you know, get me ready for this. And I turned up to High Wycombe and 
I got there and I, I was checking in and they said, oh, are you the Q grade here? And I'm like, <laughs> the? And I'm like, the? And there was supposed to be one other one other Q grade. And, um, and she decided on the day, changed her mind. Um, and my daughter, who was with me, holding my hand and studying me, uh, said, she said, she thinks she actually saw the moment the woman went, no way and changed her mind uh so i was looking at fighting with second dan third dan fourth dan people and i'm like it'll be fine um because i told myself because i and i you know i'd worked myself up to to get there which i was really proud of myself just for walking through the door and um and this was my first competitive experience and i i said it sounds absolutely reckless but I said to myself I trust that these people will take care of me you know because they were masters they weren't kids and I'm like I don't think anyone has got anything vested invested in killing a an orange belt you know so so I went in with that attitude I thought I I believe they will take care of me and they did um you know and Mm -hmm. I had a few fights and I didn't know where I was supposed to stand and that was fine and you know I was nervous and you know all those kind of things I've lost all of them but everyone gave me a try they they didn't just smash me immediately I mean when they got a little bit fed up or I was reasonably fit at the time and when they said oh that's enough uh you know then they threw me and it was done but but it was a really good first experience um and, and I was really proud of myself. And the hilarious part is, and I still have it in my bag, of course, I have a gold medal for that. Not that there was anybody in the weight category with me or anything like that. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I stood up on the rostrum all by myself. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. But, but I was really proud of myself. And I look at that gold medal for, you know, obviously other reasons, because it represents just putting myself out there for it um, yeah. which I also thought I was insane to do but did it anyway so well yeah I don't I think there is an element of being a little bit insane but I think no I think it, it's really really important I think you know as a coach as I said I think I've evolved a lot since when I very first started but I think you know my question would be to anybody listening who who ever thinks that uh, a technical downgrade is not you know it shouldn't be in judo there's no value to it I would sort of argue well what what would you do next if you if you got to your first queue you turned up you'd persevere and we'll talk about what it takes to go from first queue to first down but surely the values that you show the resilience the hard work the turning up the commitment you know you still had to master all the skills as well you could you still had to do your judo techniques but you were just at a different point in your life where there was nobody to fight and that could be a problem within judo a systemic problem how we're not maybe our values of approaching how we see what judo is you know maybe the fact that we think you know, you should be competitive to be able to do judo. Maybe that's part of the problem, you know, why we don't have more people like yourself doing it. And I think it is really, really important that, you know, we we think about how we approach the the technical side of learning judo because it's still so, so important to keep people like yourself involved in the sport. You know, I, I think it's so true. And all the other martial arts, you will find women like yourself 
you know practicing you know practicing moving you know even if it was the fact that you went on the mat you've done some uchikomi you've done your movement you practice your techniques you've done a bit of nagakomi and that was the end of your day you know because i'd still be pretty happy quite frankly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah exactly so yeah so i think i think um i think that's one of the reasons why i think our chat is really important today and i think what so let's go through a little bit of the skill set of moving you you done You've done some uh, gradients as a brown belt to try and earn the points, okay? And I think we we definitely had a discussion about there's no, you should look at the technical side of it as well. Um, and obviously that's a five-year process of you being able to do it. What does that entail compared to just, you know, doing the, the fights? Well, I mean, it's it's quite comprehensive in that, you need to have quite a lot of kata. You need to have, there, there are lots of other elements to it that um, take time, take effort, take application. Uh, and whether or not I feel like I've mastered them, I really don't know. Um, but, but what it did do is force me to make sure I broadened my judo experience. Again, going and meeting even more people. You know, I did uh, quite a few kata courses at, at Croydon and I met some fantastic people there. And, you know, it, it just, it really enhanced it. I had to turn up and do it. Um, and I was nervous, you know, again, turning up, uh, generally being the only woman there. I'm like, the only old woman there. Yeah, great. That's fine. Um, used to that now. Um, and again, everyone took care of me and they were kind to me. Um, so I've only had a good experience other than any other time during a grading that I've been absolutely slaughtered. Uh, but there you go. That's judo. Um, I guess my, my one outstanding and enduring regret is that I've never been able to have a like by like with like experience where I could really challenge, you know, try myself against somebody who was about my age. But I, I kind of long ago accepted that that probably was a very unlikely thing. And and it was just that's the way it was. You know, that's where I am in my life. And there's nothing I can do about that. And I suppose that's difficult as well, because even if there are women your age, they most probably done judo from a lot younger. Exactly. Which is, you know, a different skill. You know, you do get used to that. So it's not it's not just as easy as finding an no an old bird as you <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> well I think the other thing that occurs to me and, and it's something I do like to to float with people that you know there's part of me, you know, when you say you know, you talk about your journey, you know, doing judo since you could you know, practically walk. Um, and I and I'm like, oh, you know, I wish that had been me. But then I do always balance that one with, OK, but there's loads of people that do judo when they're kids that never do it into their adulthood. Mm. So this is my life. I came to it already old. I've gotten much older. Fine. But I'm still alive, still doing it. And there aren't that many. That's one source of great pride for me is that there aren't that many women. You know, it's, it's like the same thing, but turned on its head, still mm-hmm. doing judo at my age. So I can be proud of that. And I really can be because and for how much I'm involved, like I said, the family and the community element, you know, it's, it's huge to me. And if I had done judo as a child, I may never have been what I'm doing now doing what I'm doing now so you know you have to just look at it as it's as an individual situation I regret that but there's nothing I can do about it you know so I just have Mm. to go with what I've got here sort of thing 
I think that's quite a nice, um, a nice way to look at it as well. I always say like the amount of children that I've done judo with that don't step on the judo mat anymore. You know, they, some people haven't put their kit on in like 10, 15 years, you know? So I think that's very true. So when I know we've talked about this before and you, you definitely say to me that you have an imposter syndrome about being a black belt. And what I want to do is sort of just talk about what you really mean by that. And why do you think you mean like that? Because you have got your first down and you are a level one coach now as well. You know, you have gone through that system and you've, you even done self-defense within judo. There's lots of areas because you couldn't do the competition element. You've gone in and done lots of other parts, but I just want to get, you know, talk about how you feel and why you feel like you, you most probably don't deserve your black belt. And I don't want to put words into your, into your mouth there, but. No, you're not putting words into my mouth. Um, I, I take great pleasure, even online, putting my kid on and, and you know, doing, doing any kind of classes that we're doing. Because for me, every, I, I view judo as there's every single level, whether it's just balance work, you know, movement work, whatever it is, I need all of it. I need all of it every day because as I've said, I'm choreographically challenged. So in my opinion, so I need as much input as, as possible. And, and whilst I really do understand the people that go, you know, this is not judo, da, da, da. Um, you know, I think that the COVID is, has opened up all sorts of things that I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm almost grateful for anybody's uh, input into judo because I'm like, I will come away with something that I've learned from them. Um, now, the nice reason, the nice thing about being able to put my black belt on right now is at least I can wear it in because it is like cardboard, obviously, like all new belts. Um, and, and I guess, you know, there's times where I'm listening to you explain something and I'm there's just like tweeting birds going around in my head I'm like hmm not quite sure I've got what that is and and I I'm not gonna say I berate myself for it but I'm like you should really kind of get what he's talking about you're going or maybe I've just you know distracted myself and I'm not really paying attention but um but remembering stuff you know that that, that's tough and and that feeds into you remember what we did last week and I'm like uh no I don't because you know the rest of my week intervened in the meantime and and maybe I didn't you know practice like I should have sort of thing and you know you ask yourself you know how much practice or what kind of practice or you know, how do you how do you go about continuing your your thoughts of your sport through your week and stuff like that so I can give myself a bit of a hard time from like hmm I probably should have been thinking about that or maybe should have jotted it down, you know, like, like a good person would have jotted it down and, and then I could work on something. Um, but, you know, I, I call it life getting in the way, you know, life gets in the way of training injuries, get in the way of all sorts of things and stuff like that. But um, yeah, just, I just wish I were better. I think I just wish I were better. It's difficult, isn't it? Like I, it, cause it, when we talk about it, I just think you're you're being ridiculous. Like when I think about your journey, like when you started, like we said, you started to Campley 
Um, Mark, I think Mark would have still been involved. Luke would have been taking sessions. You would have been stood on the mat with the elite guys. Then you moved into sort of the recreational stuff where we started working together. You know, and let's not forget that you've been working with Danny Williams as well for quite a while now. Um, and I think your experience of judo and to go through every single level, you there was a million chances you could have quit. And, you know, and I think that's what a black, you know, that saying that uh, a black belt is a white belt, they never give up. Like, I think it's really, really valuable. And like when you talk about that and don't forget, like, say Luke's an Olympic coach, Mark's an Olympic coach, Danny Williams is Commonwealth Games champion, been to an Olympic Games. You know, the people that you've been working with are actually t- a lot higher level of a black belt it's not just a black belt you know I think sometimes it's difficult isn't it to compare yourself to to the knowledge of of Luke or Danny or somebody like that and think that well I don't know as much as them we shouldn't necessarily that's not necessarily a fair representation of a black belt I know. um I and it's worth thank you for pointing that out because it's worth saying that I have been absolutely you know, blessed by the people around me that number one, their patience with me is stuff that is legendary as far as I'm concerned, because it isn't easy working with somebody who is not. I can vouch for that. Yes, exactly. Who <laughs> is, is not exactly gifted in the, you know, in their movement sphere. Um, but, you know, their willingness to, to continue to try to help me again and again and again, everybody's. Um, and I think it was Sam that said to me, rec- uh, not recently, a while ago, but she said, oh, back, if you were coaching someone uh, with their weight training, if you were, if they were wanting to do a, a, you know, a barbell clean, just because they were doing it poorly, it's not like you would stop them from doing it or it's not like you wouldn't continue to help them because you would even if they you know did it poorly for you know the next however many times you were trying to work with them and and I really appreciated her saying that because you know there are times where I felt I must be exasperating the people who are working with me I feel for you I really do but conversely as a coach of uh, myself you know I thought I would never give up on somebody that wanted to keep trying, even if they were dreadful, Mm. I would definitely, you know, I would still help them um, and try to keep them from hurting themselves and try to, you know, all the things that, that go into, to a coaching mentality. And, and I kind of, that was a point that, which I kind of gave myself a bit of a relief there. I'm like, okay, but I want to make sure that the people who work with me, they know how much I appreciate that because I do, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to keep going in whatever form I can do, you know, whether I'm crawling onto the mat at 75 and you're going, Oh God, she's still here, you know, in the corner, <laughs> so sort of wizened. And I'm like, yes, I'm still here. Don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. You know, that kind of thing. Then, then great. That's what I'm aiming for. I guess, you know, we talked about that when you first started, there was no women and your whole journey has been quite tricky because there's no women like yourself in the same experience. And maybe somebody else wouldn't have got as far as you've got. How, how do you think judo could, could improve in allowing more women to, you know, more women like yourselves to be involved, you know, cause it's something that I think about quite a lot now is how, how, 
when when you watch judo and especially top level judo i don't think there's many people later on in life look at that thinking i could do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nobody or at least not me that's for sure um so well you oh that's a very very probing question and i don't know if i'd be able to come up with the answer um quickly because it it's almost like an evolution that we would need to look at and there would be i'm sure that there are plenty of people within judo that don't want to see that happen that like to continue to keep it in its sort of you know competitive or bust streak and you know sort of mentality um and to that i would say please don't exclude me you know um that mm. there's so much to be gained by it how how we could open you, it up to women i don't know exactly well do you think so say for example your your experience of being coached is by myself by luke by danny obviously all males you, do we need more women coaching on the mats is that do you think that would be an always issue to, yes women? well i think yeah. we always need more women in judo in general but but certainly um you know, when, when I started to, you know, coaching a bit with you guys, uh, again, feeling very fraudulent, but, but I knew I could, you know, coach kids. Um, but I thought this is important. It's important to get women on the mat. Uh, it's important to show young boys. It's important to show young girls um, that this is something that is there for everybody. So, you know, I would get my old carcass out of bed at some obscene hour in the morning to go and do some judo coaching at a school because I knew it was important or I felt it was important for mm -hmm. the sport uh, uh, in the greater good. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing about judo and and women middle-aged women is you know most people are just like you're out of your mind I have absolutely no interest in that at all and when I what I realized one of the reasons I got into doing the self-defense was that I wanted to be able to capture someone's interest now when when I presented any ideas about you know being able to have any kind of self-defense um, abilities for the for the average person. If you slip the word in judo, they they shut down. They hear it from the outside, but they only hear wah 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 wah. But when you put it, then if you put it in the context of self-defense, that got their interest because there's not a single woman out there who isn't interested, at least in the idea of having some self-defense skills. Um, and I realized, you know, because essentially when I was, you know, doing my self-defense training, uh, obviously there's a lot of work on the ground. And when I'm, when I'm, I was working a while ago, what seems like ages ago now, um, with a young girl who had never done any kind of martial arts. She was very fit. Um, and she wanted to become a, a self-defense instructor. And of course, bless her, I could tie her up in knots on the ground because of the judo experience I've had. Uh, and I said to her as I was, uh, you know, putting a juji on her, I'm like, I think we need to get you some judo mates, you know, to, if you mm. want to expand your, your, um, your sport, you know, sort of uh, experience base. Um, but that sort of ping moment when I realized how big a deal, how, how, when I walked into doing my self-defense, how much further up the ladder I was because of my judo experience was amazing. 
Yeah, that's because that's what I was going to say to you. I, I wonder whether the self defense angle is a segue to getting Definitely. ladies into judo. Because I think so. But my, my problem is, I think judo is a really good self defense because of how you're able to practice it. It's different from other striking sports. But I've been doing a little bit of research into self defense judo and it puts me off in regards that it's very traditional. I think. You know, if it's somebody's first experience of self-defense, like I think it needs to be a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. And this is I why agree. I want to look at other self-defenses and how they interact with mm-hmm. judo, uh, because I think it has to be palatable. It has to be simple. It has. To yeah, be exactly. Because and I think that's the way of transitioning women into the sport. I would agree. Um, the, the people I worked with, you know, one, one of the first things that was put forward is we want you to walk out today with something you might be able to put in practice, not something mm. you can put in practice five years down the line, you know, and, and that's essential. I mean, especially if you are, if you say self-defense, you've got to give them that. You absolutely mm. have to give them something. And, um, and I looked long and hard for the people that I decided to work with about it uh, and was very grateful that the fit was absolutely right. Again, going at the, even the idea of becoming a self-defense instructor, because people, so many people uh, in my sphere, and this is, let's say, five, more than five years ago, five, ten, ten years ago, no, yes, maybe. But sort of because I did judo, oh, you, you, you could teach self-defense. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. Um, mm. judo, judo is great, but it's not self-defense. Um, that th- there's a difference. I yeah. Think. And I feel, although I've done judo since I was five and I feel very capable of defending myself and very physically confident, I would feel like an imposter teaching self-defense judo. It's something that I'm going to work on and look at, but although I, I feel very capable that if we were in a situation, I could give some good advice on how you stay safe, how you protect mm-hmm. yourself, but that, you know, I think, that's not just self-defense is how do you diffuse those situations? How, there's so much more to Correct. it. Than, how do you avoid exactly. the situation? How do you, all And I of think those that's where that um, actually uh, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and stuff like that have a really good uh, USP. And they, they, they start with the fact that they deal with self-defense and that's mm-hmm. their segue into the sports stuff. And sure. I think, that's for me where judo really I think we could open up to it because it's so effective if it's done in the right way and I've um I've actually paid for the courses on Gracie University to look at their stuff and look at their segments on how Mm -hmm. they teach and it's really it's really up to date is it or I say it's up to date it's filmed ages ago but they don't put any barriers in the way of the first contact so Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu, some of the stuff is really complicated and really like far out there in the sport respect. But the way that they, that they approach the self-defense is really simple. This is how you defend mm-hmm. the block. This is how you get close. This is how you keep control. This is how you walk away. You know, and I, you know, yeah. and I think they are skills that should be looked at really seriously for judo as well. Mm. I I would agree, and I think, yeah. Um, when I decided to do the qualification for it, I thought, again, I thought I was absolutely stupid for doing that, you know, at the age of, I don't know what I was at that point, probably 57 or 58. Um, but I wanted to know, I wanted to know more. Um, and 
uh, you know, I'm I'm a single gal and I want to make sure that I that I could do that because I thought I, I don't think I'm capable of defending myself just through the judo. I know, you know, again, maybe it's just my imposter syndrome really coming up to scare me. But I thought, no, I think I, I need to know more. And I believe in the power of coaching. Um, so I went out and found someone to show me how to do it. And um, but even even then, when I started to work with people, it's and it's very it's very interesting that you find so few people in their lives have had any kind of physical confrontation. Um, you find very early that they need to learn how to master that. It's, it's a fascinating process to teach someone to 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 see a confrontation coming and decide what to do, because, you know, when you when you are in a fighting sport. You do that mm. all the time. Now, the people that you're fighting are doing a sport. They're not trying to actually knife you um, most of the time. Um, so, you know, that is a very big difference in dynamic. But still, the premise is the same, that you you realize how few people have ever been physically confronted. Uh, you also notice what really, especially I work with a quite a older demographic, even older than me, you start to realize how vulnerable people are, yeah. how abs- I mean, staggeringly vulnerable people are. And, and I, you know, I don't flatter myself that I'm Superman or anything like that, but I'm just, I'm always concerned by how people don't even realize how vulnerable they are. Not that I want them to walk around paranoid in their life, but I do want them to heighten their sense of self you know, safety and security. And, and as far as uh, self-defense goes, there's quite a lot of really good theory that you can work with people long before you even show them a single physical skill about personal safety, about, you know, how you look at a situation to find a safer route through something about not taking chances, you know, walking places that you know, you shouldn't be doing, you know, um, walking alone with headphones on in you know through a, a wooded area or something like that you know it's it's stupid it's just stupid take your flipping headphones out keep yourself aware stuff like that it's so simple and so basic that you don't even need to touch somebody and you can give them lots and lots of information like that that can help them formulate their decisions on their own safety yeah i think you must i think you're right beck i think um self-defense aspect is possibly a big avenue that judo could explore especially for getting more women involved um and and bridging that gap between an, an olympic sport and something that uh would be of use and of interest for 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 somebody to take part in uh later on in life yeah definitely well, Beck, thanks. It's been so good speaking to you. I'm really grateful for your time. And yeah, thanks a lot, mate. All right. Thanks, Vince. It was a good chat. Thank you very much. Yeah. So once again, I want to say thanks to Becky. I think coming on was, was I guess, pretty brave of her. I think it was, I enjoyed the chat. I enjoyed her view of judo. I think it's really important that you know, as coaches and people who do judo, that the more people that do judo, the better. And for me, 
as I said, it was a journey uh, with the technical downgrade side. And I, I'm not saying 100% everybody should just be able to do a technical downgrade. There's no value to fighting or anything like that. That's. I just think there's people who've got different wants and needs from judo and judo can offer so much and you know i was thinking about this the other day and i was thinking about even you get black belts now who are you know second and third dans and you know they might be lighter they might be slightly older and they're turning up to to gradings and there's just nobody for them to fight um you know and take for example like I, I started before the lockdown I started fighting for my fourth Dan and I was going there a lot heavier than a lot of people a lot younger than a lot of people there and it's not a fair fight just because we had the same grade and how do people how do people progress within the sport how do they you know could, would judo benefit from having more avenues of, of progressing so you whether they could uh, start to specialize in nawasa or start to specialize in kata you know once you've got to your first down or second down or wh whatever the entry point is um surely allowing people to specialize in areas of judo would benefit the participation would benefit the overall knowledge of judo and you know if you you take a comparison something like football there's loads of people play football because they they know they have an entry level they can go to the park they can play with their mates they can they're not expecting to go and play at um you know a top stadium with elite footballers they just want to be part of the game they want to experience the the thrill of you know scoring a goal and i think that's true in judo i think there's always going to be a place for fighting and getting your black belt through that way and i think younger judoka who are physically capable should definitely be taking that route but i think we need to think about can we do something more can we uh, allow more people an entry in to judo um I'm not saying I've got all the answers, by the way. I'm not professing to know exactly. I think the self-defense aspect is a really interesting one, and especially for getting ladies involved, I think I, I think it's a really good way. I know lots of martial arts users um, ladies' self-defense classes as a way of getting them into the club. And the, surely the more people that do judo, the better, the more involvement that we have, uh, the better too. But I'm really interested to hear your thoughts, guys. Uh, you know, what do you think? Are you still dead set against it? Should judo stay true? You should fight. You know, the, there shouldn't be any other way of getting a black belt. Or have your opinions changed? Do you think that there should be avenues of the um, of getting your black belt? you know in other ways whether it's uh, a different syllabus whether it's specializing in an area I, i'd be interested to hear your thoughts and if you want to contact me just you know social media uh, on facebook instagram twitter um also you can send me an email at vince at vincekillcorn.co.uk i really appreciate all the messages that you guys send um but yeah also I, I might go into a bit more detail around this and and put it on my blog i've got loads of stuff on my blog if you've not checked it out that's just vincekillcorn.co.uk i want to give a shout out this uh this week to all of the judo players and coaches and clubs that have managed to keep keep 
keep their judo alive during uh, during covid in whatever form that is whether it's online socially distanced it's not been easy for anybody and i know i'm keeping my fingers crossed that it won't be too long before we can open up our judo clubs and practice judo uh, i'm going to try and keep these podcasts coming out every friday um next week uh, i'm hoping to release uh, an interview that i've done with ben fletcher um talking about uh talking about competitions traveling with covid obviously ben's recently uh, broke his leg in israel um, what the implications are of that so that's going to be uh, i'm hoping to release that next friday um but yeah thanks guys have a great week and i'll speak to you soon judo talk talk judo talk